This is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 235, Terror, Part 3. I'm Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for coming back one more time. This is the third and final installment of my conversation with Jared Bowman and Brian Haynes. Jared preaches for the Fifth Street Church of Christ in Beaverton, Oregon, and hosts the Man Up podcast and biblically speaking YouTube channel. Brian preaches for the Cornelius Church of Christ in Hillsboro, Oregon. Together they host the Biblically Speaking podcast. Check them out. Today we focus on cartoony versions of evil things and how dangerous they are or are not. We're big Scooby-Doo fans in our family, so when we saw a chance to snag a copy of Scooby-Doo Betrayal at Mystery Mansion, we jumped at it, if only to get ready for any grandchildren that might show up one day. It's basically a cartoonish version of Betrayal at House on the Hill, a popular game about demons and portals to the underworld. I've spoken before about how we avoid this sort of game on principle, but putting it in a Scooby-Doo wrapper makes it look considerably less occultish. We haven't played it yet, so I can't comment on the quality of that judgment call. I will say, though, we can take a very lighthearted approach toward evil in Satan's world. And that seems like a bad idea. Can we be too lighthearted about such things? And if so, how? Ruh-oh, Raggy. (laughs) Somebody had to do it. (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Actually own that game. (laughs) Brian, take the first swing. Jared and I have played that game. In fact, uh, I've come over to Jared's house to play. Both copies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I think there's some important things to be thinking about here that uh, really are um, a, an important idea for the how we view the world. Sometimes we see something is very blatant and obvious, and that's something else is very subtle, which is what you're describing. The idea of what if uh, what if Satan is able to cause us to think one thing is okay and one thing is not. So I'm thinking over to James chapter three, and I think of James talking about different kinds of wisdom, and he talks about the wisdom from above, and then he talks about the wisdom he says that's demonic. If I if somebody said something demonic, they might think of things that are occultic or you know satanic, you know these things where uh, are blatant and obvious. Uh, but you know it's interesting whenever he's talking about things that are satanic or demonic here in James chapter three and verse fifteen, he says the wisdom that doesn't come from above is that way. He says it's earthly, it's sensual. Um, we might use like worlds like carnal or natural. So it's kind of important to say that there are times where something is very obvious in its demonic view or its demonic uh, characteristics. Most things aren't. Somebody might say, I, I don't care for Harry Potter, but I do love that Pirates of the Caribbean. Which one of those has the godly attitude? Well, you know, while one is about witchcraft, the other is about glorifying people that pillage and steal and get drunk. And and it's kind of interesting that we kind of give the things that we see as obviously demonic a critical eye and let other things come past us that have some things to be problematic with. I don't think the answer is, though, to say, well, I just won't have anything. I will just turn off my connection to the world in any form or fashion I think that the answer is one of the most difficult answers any Christian comes to. I'm going to have to have discernment. And that's the tough thing, I think, is I'm going to have to say to myself, how does this impact me or others around me? How does this make me change the way I think? How has this come across to others and could it be a stumbling block to others? 
that there's not just an easy answer of, well, if it mentions this word, I'm done. If it talks about this thing, it's over. That's the black and white limit. Instead, the limit requires me to to take my mind to every single thing, cling to what's good, and to get rid of what's going to cause me or somebody else to stumble. And that's a terrible answer because it means we're going to have to work. It means we also have to grow, too. I mean, I've played both versions of the game and how I may not have run across the scenarios that you're talking about in the the more adult version of Betrayal in the House on the Hill. I haven't found anything that I thought was overtly demonic in it um, any more than I did in a lot of other tabletop games. But that kind of discernment as a guy who grew up not heavily, heavily into role-playing games, the RPG tabletops, Dungeons and Dragons and that type of stuff, um, but did do some of it there were things that I knew were off limits. I mean, there were, there were game masters that wanted to have heavily satanic influences and things like that. And it's like, no, I'm not even, I, I don't even want to play like that's something that I would mess with. And others were, I mean, might as well be star Wars and armor that you got space wizards with swords kind of thing. And part of that discernment is what does this do to my influence? Um, what is this doing to my relationship with God? A lot of times the programming that we'll recommend because it doesn't have anything that's that's LGBTQ in it or something like that is filled with all other kinds of sexual immorality. But because it doesn't cross that threshold, we're okay with it and we'll be nostalgic about it. And a lot of the, the sitcoms that came out of the 90s that I thought were funny that I didn't have any qualms about watching back in the day, as I think about them with a critical eye as an adult, I go there wasn't a single good thing about that. It was all about sexual immorality and it was all about, uh, and there are many, many episodes of those sitcoms that I just won't watch because that's all they're about. How many movies do we watch or programs do we watch where the person is, is clearly in an affair or unscripturally divorced and remarried and, Oh, we'll watch that, but we won't watch this other program. Part of discernment is not being hypocritical in our judgment. And that was one of the things, you know, Brian brought up Harry Potter that I noticed because I was a little older when those books started coming out and surfacing that I noticed the people that were the biggest into Star Wars and Lord of the Rings were the most against Harry Potter. And I thought it's the very same element. So you're either against the elements or you're against the packaging of the elements something that is glorifying violence uh, like Grand Theft Auto or or even something like um, Mortal Kombat where you could rip somebody's body parts out of them and things like that. There's nothing that is portrayed in that that is good. And so I made a decision that is not something that I'm going to do or I'm going to allow in my house. That And the reason behind it is something that I can articulate. And I think that that's the thing that a lot of people don't think about is is why are we doing this? What is this saying? What does it say when I get my kid a copy of Grand Theft Auto and I flip over the back and it's you know rated M for strong language, nudity, extreme violence, and all of these things? And you know maybe the nudity would give somebody pause, but does the strong language give us pause? Does the extreme violence give us pause? That that why are we okay with some things and not okay with other things? And have that sort of conversation with ourselves before we go off and start protesting one thing or the other. Just yesterday, I read The Secret of Father Brown by G.K. Chesterton, which there's a Father Brown series of mysteries out there. And and the, the main character is a is a priest and he 
solves mysteries, basically. Mm -hmm. And there's one particular story that I read that kind of stuck with me. He's at some kind of lawn party, and there is a mystic there who's reading fortunes and that kind of thing. And and somebody asks him if he believes. And he says, well, it depends on what you mean by believe. And he says, no, you know, this this guy is, is the real thing. I mean, he's not one of these fakes. He's He really is a spiritual master. And, you know, this is his culture. This is where he comes from. And he has real insights into people. And, and Father Brown says, yeah, that, that's kind of what I meant. If if it's if it's just a fake, he's no worse than any other obvious fake out there. If mm-hmm. if he claims to have some kind of actual power, if he is actually connecting or trying to connect and presenting himself as someone who connects with spiritual things, spiritual untruths, as you understand the Bible, well, that's a different story, you know. And and I'm I'm going to run from that. And I think there's there's some wisdom in that. I was remembering, I had to look it up. The name of the character. Is, uh, his name was Hot Stuff in the the Harvey comic books, a uh, little red devil with the the pointy tail. And he's a little kid basically, mm-hmm. and he play he's he's the devil, or at least the son of the devil, or whatever, and doing devil kind of things. And I I didn't read Hot Stuff growing up; it just wasn't my thing. But I don't remember thinking I need to avoid that comic book because that might take me to hell if I went there. It just it's not how I processed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure I process it that way now, even. I think it, it's probably a bad idea. But I don't look at hot stuff the same way I would look at, say, Lucifer, on who, you know, the devil gets his own TV show. He is the protagonist. You know, hero might be a little bit of a reach with regard to, to how he's portrayed. I haven't seen the show. But this is the guy that we're following. And he is the devil and he does devilly things and we're kind of sort of rooting for him and, or maybe overtly rooting for him. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a different story. Uh, when, when bad guys become the good guys. Yeah. Uh, we have, we've gone past the cartoony aspect of it. We're not, we're not having fun now. We're celebrating bad things now. And it can be a very vague line and maybe the best way for you and your families to stay away from Harry Potter. Maybe that's the way that you're going to make that call. And I am perfectly fine with that. Sure. But I do see a qualitative difference between watching a movie about people who have special powers versus going to the occult bookstore and buying a, a pack of tarot cards or a Ouija board or something like that and making even a fake effort, even a, a, a we're just having fun kind of effort to contact spiritual forces. I, I think that is a, a very bad road to start going down. Well, it blurs lines and, and that kind of gets back to what I was talking about with video games. I mean, how many, how many of the video games that have come out in the last few years have been about either stopping or starting the apocalypse kind of thing that, that there was one, uh, what was it called? Darksiders, I think was the name of the game where you were one of the riders of the apocalypse and that it was just kind of all of the, it'd be a completely misinterpretation of the book of revelation, but it's still, it was, it, it was wildly popular among people that one of the things that it does in that kind of thing, we were talking about demons, even, even if you're not delving into to it, the way you were talking about, it, is it trivializes them? That the program you talked about, Lucifer, I've never seen it. I don't think it's being aired anymore. I think it it's 
it kind of ran its course, but it was trivializing Satan. It was making him, I mean, don't you think he loves that, that he's become this cartoonish image of a, of a suave man who's having all kinds of, of wonderful sex as he's benevolently, I'm just telling you what I've seen in the commercials, as he's benevolently guiding other protagonists through the show and dealing with the real evils that are out there. Isn't that, isn't that just the image the devil would love to have painted of himself? Isn't that just, I mean, and then what does it do to your theology on the opposite end of that? It's why H.P. Lovecraft and, and things like that don't bother me because it's clearly fictitious as opposed to somebody saying, hey, I've, I went and got a pack, like you said, a pack of tarot cards and I'm going to try to contact the other side or tell my fortune or whatever they do with those things. Yeah, I think uh, one thing to add to what Jared has said there is that the danger could be hypocrisy. Um, yeah. that, uh, we can come across to the world as somebody who says, Hey, I'm going to let you all know that I won't watch this, but this other thing is okay. You know, the, the, which is equally condemned by God. And I think it's so tempting and easy to fall into that trap. And that's why a lot of times, you know, I, I, I kind of keep what I do or don't do close to my chest. You know, I don't necessarily talk a lot about it things I like to watch or play. I don't recommend movies to people. In fact, I usually say, I'm not recommending it, but I saw this movie. There probably isn't any science fiction that doesn't have an atheistic evolutionary slant, or there probably isn't anything, like I said, any kind of mysticism, superhero movie, whatever it is that doesn't have elements of it that are ungodly by at the very core. But the other point here, and I think the point that most people kind of forget is we'll say to ourselves, well, okay, I can discern, I know what's make-believe and not. I see the line here, but it's about how do I impact others? What what am I doing for others? Am I potentially using my liberty, which is what we're really talking about here, am I using it in a way that might cause somebody else to stumble? And I think I think your example about, you know, a show called Lucifer is a great example to say somebody knows I watched that, they're gonna think, well, does he just not think the devil's real? Or does is it, you know, there's a lot of obvious conclusions not you know and like i said this is where it's discernment is it is it an obvious conclusion is it something reasonable that somebody might walk away saying i think he must think that's okay i watch a show full of uh, i don't but let's say i'm watching a show that's full of uh inappropriate imagery you know i i like to use that tool called vidangel you know maybe you've heard of it where it cuts out scenes of shows and stuff so there are shows i watch with vidangel that i would not watch otherwise i don't tell people i watch them because you know, if I do, I explain very carefully, you know, I'm using a filter or something like that. But even then, I, I just don't talk about it because of the potential to make somebody stumble, make somebody say, well, I guess if, if that guy thinks it's okay, it must be okay. And I think so often we're so caught up in what's a sin to me that we're not thinking about others. And we don't have that mindset of how is this going to impact somebody else, which is something that the New Testament wants us to be thinking about all the time, about our influence, uh, about our reputation, about our you know, ability to convict others and this, you know, the appearance of hypocrisy, all the dangers that damage our credibility with other people and mm-hmm. that could cause somebody else to stumble, that that's a lot of times what we're not thinking about. We're thinking about, is it going to make me sin or not? Then it's okay or not. And not, how does this impact somebody else? Loyal listeners know that a few weeks ago, I put together my uh, top 10 movies that I wholeheartedly endorse. And this, this topic came up for I, I take that very, very seriously. I, I'd like to think I would anyway, even if I were just a regular Christian. 
pardon the expression. But when you have a, a position of authority and you say, hey, here is a piece of secular entertainment you can watch and be genuinely entertained and maybe even uplifted and, and made a, a better person, that's a pretty big thing to say. And if I had to come up with another 10, I could have, but it would have been a chore, <laughs> you know, past 20. Or, I don't know that the list gets gets really, really difficult to put together. Oh, Brother, Where Out Though is not one of those movies that I put on that list. And and it feeds into this, this idea. I dug up the quote. I remembered it where uh, George uh, Clooney's character talking about the devil. He says, the great Satan himself is red and scaly with a bifurcated tail and carries a hay fork. That is a, a very common picture of what the devil looks like. And going to what Brian was was saying there, I think that we have that picture of the devil in our head because we don't really believe in the devil. And we don't really believe in the devil because we don't really believe in evil. We don't really believe in sin. We don't really believe in hell. And making a cartoony version of the devil minimizes and marginalizes these things. It's something that I don't need to take seriously. And uh, I think steps down that road, there are other reasons I didn't put that movie on the list, by the way, but going down that road is a, a dangerous walk and you set yourself up for some, some pretty bad stuff. And it goes along to what I was saying. That's one of the reasons why when a parent comes to me and says, could you recommend a game for my child? And the answer is always no, I can't. You need to be involved in that because only you know what's right for your family. Only you know their walk with God and where they're at on that. And I don't want to be the guy who presents something that's got elements that you're going to need to curtail and be aware of. And you not take a critical look at that. If you got a child and they want to get into RPGs, I don't care if they're computer television, uh, computer console or tabletop, you need to know what's going on in there. One of the worst things we ever did for our children is we pushed video games and computers into the back room because they were kid stuff and they were annoying to us and we didn't want to hear them rather than having them out in the open so we could say, okay, what's really going on in this game and, and what are you what are you thinking about as you're playing this game? Because I can promise you the days of Mario platformers are over. If you think your kid's trying to get Mario across that big jump that's nearly impossible, if you don't start with a run, you have you have you're missing the boat and you need to wake up and realize what's going on. Yeah, I think uh, I think your point there is really good. The point too might even take us another step to say we have to be careful how we uh, judge one another over these things too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That being said, I mean, like I said, there is a discernment to say, boy, I would never watch that or played that or gone there or something like that. That might uh, again, I have to understand that they might have the liberty to do so. But um, you know, it it is a it is a mindset too that I have to be careful about not to hold my brother accountable for something that his discernment was different than mine. If we just get in the habit of assessing everything in our life, including our entertainment, but by no means limited to that. If we just run everything through the Jesus filter, just run everything through the Bible and say, is this drawing me closer to the Lord? Is this drawing me closer to his purpose? Am I getting distracted from nobler things? Nine out of 10 of those decisions are going to take care of themselves, I think. Can I be a good parent and watch Schindler's List, for instance, uh, already with my children? Sure, I'm, I'm sure I probably could. I haven't. I made that choice. I didn't do that. But is there extreme violence that can 
create something good in us? Is there a sexual situation that can create something good in us? Is there drunkenness that can create something good in us? Yes. When put in the proper context, we can work God's will in our lives with these kind of things. I would prefer that kind of approach to the run and hide approach that will wind up locking you in your cellar with no internet and no television and no anything, just just hold up you and your Bible, not having any contact at all, not being the salt of the earth or the light of the world, because you're so afraid that the devil's going to get you. Well, maybe the devil's already gotten you by taking you out of the equation. Maybe that's his greatest victory, causing Christians to not interact with sinful people in sinful situations. Yeah, I think that might uh, bring us to a point where we're swallowing camels and straining out gnats, uh, I think, yeah. too. Uh, that it, it gets to a point where we might, typically what happens is we're accepting things that are also problematic, whereas, you know, to strain out gnats. But I think that, you know, what you're saying, Hal, is really neat because it, it kind of reminds us that we need to have the ability to be relevant in our conversations uh, with the world. You know, when the world says, hey, I was watching Lucifer last night and I say, well, I burned my TV, so I don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I need to have some kind of ability to be relevant with what people are trying to say and talk about. I need to kind of know what's going on. You know, I, I recall a preacher many, 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 many years ago. It was back in the 70s. And he had talked about having seen a movie that I remember, and I was just a boy, and I remember, every, you know, my mother, oh, that's a terrible movie, you know. And he said, I went to see it because I wanted to know what people are talking about, you know. And, and um, you know, what? there might be a relevance to that idea of saying, I need to know what people are talking about. Now, don't use that as an excuse to do the wrong thing. But, you know, again, this idea of shutting myself out to the world takes away the world's trust that, that we can relate to them. If we come across as somebody who says, hey, I don't wear buttons because they're too flashy, you know. Uh, the Amish approach to life, they're not going to believe we have a relevance to their conversation. They're not going to say, hey, I'm really struggling with uh, X, Y, Z, and and we're not going to be able to have that relevant conversation. With yeah. And if the listener is wondering, how in the world can I make a judgment call like that? How can I possibly know right from wrong every every single situation? Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knocking the door shall be open to you. Trust that the Lord will will help you make those day-to-day, hour-to-hour decisions. That's all there is. I mean, that's all we can do. Amen. And and that's try to make it with a clear conscience and a clear heart. That is the best that you can do. I mean, nobody's going to call all the balls and strikes perfectly. Your decisions are going to upset somebody at some point in time. People are going to look at the decisions you make and say, that's really, really foolish. I can't believe you do that. But at the same time, there that's true of every single one of us. I mean, yes, the discernment of the mind has to come into it. But if you look at where the wisdom that comes from above that Brian started with back in James 3, where it leads us to is it leads us to a place where our heart is inclined to be at peace with God and peace with others. If we are looking for ways to, in our discernment, to think that others are not at peace with God when there's not demonstrable evidence that they aren't or that they can't be at peace with us because their way is not exactly the same as my way, then I'm not discerning enough about how fallible my own judgment is. Thank you for listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Please rate, review, and share so others can access this content. 
I encourage you also to join the Heaven Citizens Facebook group. There you will find links to related materials, conversation starters, poll questions, and the occasional special announcement. Also, check out the How Hammonds channel on YouTube for even more content. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, Citizen of Heaven, signing off.